This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. It finally starts for real tomorrow. Your Edmonton Oilers will host the Vancouver Canucks. Couple new players named alternate captains today for the Oilers. Darnell Nurse and Leon Dreisaitl. They will join Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Adam Larson as alternates as Connor McDavid goes into his fourth season as captain. Now, Riley Shane's going to start the year on injured reserve. Also, Joel Pearson still not well enough to play with that shoulder problem. Uh, likely at least another week for him, said head coach Dave Tippett, who did not name a starter nor a backup when asked about his goaltending situation over the last couple of days. We have a lot to get to tonight. General Manager Ken Holland spoke today. We'll get some of the highlights from that media availability. Former NHL linesman Mike Civic, always a pleasure to have on the show. He's going to weigh in on the Evander Kane incident with the linesman and uh, talk a little bit about how he would have been preparing for a new season when he was working in the National Hockey League. But we welcome back for yet another glorious season on Inside Sports. A gentleman who, as an NHL goaltender, had a record of 271, 265, and 88, but he's undefeated when it comes to recommending restaurants. It's the one and only Kelly Rudy. Kelly, how are you doing? I like that. Uh, I like that intro, Reed. I'm doing excellent. I'm, like everybody else, uh, really excited about the upcoming season, and you know, there's going to be so many different twists and turns and plots and all these different side stories, so it's going to be so interesting again. Yeah, well, I, I did my preseason predictions on Stoffer's show yesterday at noon, and you just feel like, I mean, it's fun, but but you kind of feel like, seriously, who had St. Louis and Boston in the final right? last year? Yeah, I hate doing those predictions, and uh, you feel stupid about a month or two into the season. You go, what was I thinking? But... You know, I guess that's part of the reason why we love it so much because there's uh, so much uncertainty. Yeah, and there's always that one year you make a crazy pick and it turns out to be right, and you feel like, see, see, I knew that, even though you probably <laughs> were just making a silly guess for the point of making a silly guess. Well, the Oilers uh, set to rock and roll here, Kelly. Man, a lot of changes, new GM, new coach. We've kind of been down that path before, and, and new players, and every team has new players for the Oilers, some players who are going to be asked to fill some really specific roles in the bottom six. I, I want to ask you about three guys out front that they brought in. Now, like I mentioned, Riley Shane isn't uh, healthy because of concussion protocol to start the season. They also signed Josh, uh, Josh Archibald and uh, Marcus Granlund comes to town as well. For, from those three guys, what sort of expectations do you have? Uh, interesting. I look at the three guys a little bit differently. Archibald, uh, I really like his game i mean he uh at least every single time that i've uh, covered him he's had an impact in the game he's got great speed uh i think he thinks the game pretty well uh he from my experience in watching him uh you don't have to uh uh try and get on him to to bring energy and enthusiasm he, he brings it every single night so i think uh the Oiler fans should like him. I don't know what expectations you'd have on him. I don't know if he's ever going to be a 40-point guy, but, uh, you know, I really like 
that signing. He's uh, 26 years old, so he's uh, he's got some experience. Shan, um, I'm uncertain. I, I kind of thought when he was drafted, when I watched him earlier, that he was going to be more of an impactful player offensively. And uh, maybe Ken Holland, uh, because of their history, knows something about uh, maybe how getting the best out of him. And Granlin is another guy that uh, I had the good fortune of watching here in Calgary for a little bit. I think he can be more uh, offensive-minded. I I think he's got some potential there. What, two, three years ago, he had 19 goals, I believe. Yep. And the only thing I would like to see from him, because he's also 26 years old, I think because he tries to be so responsible, and that's a good quality to have, I wish he would take maybe a few more chances offensively because I think he has the skill set to do it. And and I don't know if it's just the thinking that he has that, okay, I, I want to make sure that I'm responsible in my own zone and defensively and so on. But I think that, but I think he can uh, chip in a little bit more uh, offensively. Yeah, Ar- I, Archibald is the most interesting of the three for, for me. And whenever I saw him play, kind of what you mentioned, he always seemed to play with energy and get involved and even yeah. be a, a little bit of a, a pest out there. So I'm curious to see how, how he works out for sure. Uh, a couple other players who will are expected to make their Oilers debut tomorrow, Joachim Nygaard from Sweden, Gaetan Haas from Switzerland. I'm not going to ask you to break down their games because a few YouTube highlights and news articles aren't yeah. necessarily the best way to do it. But... You know, throughout your career, there would have been European players coming over, maybe a little older sometimes, and joining a team you would have been on in the NHL. I think it probably more so later in your career, as the te- you know, as the league went to 24 to 26, and and, yeah. and there were and there were more and more teams. I, I mean, does this? What did you see from Europeans try to make it? Do you remember any guys that just really exploded, or where they came over and it was like, oh no, he's just he's he's a good player, but he's he's not fitting into the NHL game. Yeah, I, I hate to be negative on the first show. Uh, the two players, by the way, that you're talking about, the good thing is they're, they're experienced, and they, they played in really good leagues. And once again, when you play in some of those leagues, not all of them, but you're usually pretty good in your own zone. I, like I watched uh, Haas on Saturday. He was in the preseason game in Calgary, and he looked to be like a really smart player with pretty good speed and so on. But it's usually a mixed bag, and I can't really – think of too many guys that had a major major impact a lot of guys come over and uh, I, I think that they're they know how good the league is but I think it still catches them off guard a little bit and they're a little bit slow to adapt uh, you know I think of a guy that the Oilers had a number of years ago uh, and you'll remember him read Anton Belloff and yeah. he was, remember him I yep. think the year before he played for the Oilers he was the defenseman of the year in the KHL and we had heard all these great things, and he comes over, and boy, did he ever have a hard time adjusting. I think he he had, uh, well, I'm looking at it now, he only had uh, seven points, one goal. And and uh, that's more typical of a Russian, though, and I think it's just a lifestyle thing that they seem to have a little bit uh, more of a problem fitting in, whereas other guys from other nations uh, seem to adapt a little bit quicker. So. Uh, it, it does look exciting for those other two guys, again, because of their experience uh, overseas. And uh, you're getting usually a more complete player and a more mature person as opposed to bringing over a 21 or 22-year-old. 
Yeah, and 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 Holland. I'm going to play some clips from Ken Holland today, and he specifically mentioned that age window of 24 to 28. That that's what he was targeting to fill out the bottom six. So that's right. his plan. Well, we'll see now if it works. Kelly Rudy joining us tonight on Inside Sports. He's going to be on the show every week throughout the hockey season. Okay, Miko Koskinen. A very up-and-down season last year, especially in the second half of the year. More downs than ups. He had to play a ton, and he seemed to wear out a little bit. Mike Smith in Calgary, I know you saw him a lot. Um, I mean, I've kind of been generalizing that the first two-thirds of the season weren't that great, and his final third was better. The Oilers are not, in any by any means, naming a starter. They, they do not plan on having somebody playing... 60 games it's probably going to be more like 45 35 or 50 32 uh can this work and from what you've seen from these two guys kelly uh, can it work if they are a little more rested when they do go into the crease oh definitely it can work i'm in favor of uh splitting into games now maybe not uh 41 41 uh but uh, the guy that earns extra ice time should get it uh perhaps uh between 50, 55 games, uh, and and I really think you guys are going to love the uh, the the spirit that Mike Smith brings to every game. I mean, uh, I was fortunate enough to cover him for a couple of years, and uh, he got it back on track near the end of last year, and he was brilliant in the playoffs. But uh, he does some things so well. He's a really good teammate. Uh, he's really smart. He's a student of the game, so I think that's going to help him. Uh, Costin, yeah, I, I'm still uncertain about him. I even Saturday, and I know it's a preseason game, and I shouldn't go down that road. But you know, a couple of things, a couple of the shots, and you're kind of wondering, like, for a guy that's been around that long, he's older. He, he just shouldn't be surprised by anything that happens. And to me, it looks like he is still once in a while. So that's going to be an interesting battle to watch. But uh, Mike Smith. You know, he's the guy that uh, you got to cheer for because it's, it's really easy to cheer for good people in the game. Yeah, he's been a good interview so far. Um, I, I was talking, you know, there was that time last year he kind of went back at some of the, the Calgary reporters talking about uh, goaltending. I think him and Riddick were having a bit of a downtime and he kind of gave them the really, we're second overall. And we're, yeah, right. you know, so I don't, I don't mind that a little bit uh, if they want to snipe back and stand up for themselves and their teammates. Yep. Dave. Oh, I'm a, I agree. You know, you got to be at times. Uh, you're the only one fighting for yourself, so you. It's okay to be defiant. And uh, I've always said the one guy that was really good at it in a nice way was Chris Osgood, because he's always getting slammed, and yet he's winning. And uh, you know, it's like, uh, how long do I have to keep defending myself? And he was really good at it. I, I really admired him for taking that stance. Yeah, Osgood was always an interesting goalie to talk about because Detroit kept I know they didn't win the Stanley Cup every year he was the goalie but it was it was kind of like well if only they didn't have Osgood and they were always like right. the top five teams in the league right so yeah how much better were they supposed to be okay Dave Tippett takes over as coach after being off the bench for a couple of years he was blunt about it when he was hired he said I'm not a defensive coach I, I, I'm a structured coach I am not going to hold back offensive players I, I mean you'd be a fool to do it obviously that's not how you get to be an NHL coach but uh you know he's talked a lot about preventing goals against and and structure and, and all that kind of stuff and building relationships with players you know you've seen him coach in Arizona a lot he was with Dallas before that 
What do you expect from a Dave Tippett coach team, especially given the, the, the roster that the Oilers have, which I think still has a lot of question marks? Yeah, but I think that uh, he's been around enough to know that with certain players on the Oilers roster, let them go. You know, go out there, create, and uh, I, I think he's going to – I agree with him. He's not a defensive-minded coach. I think uh, you have to be at times, depending on what kind of team you – uh, what kind of roster you have, but uh, I look like, or I look at him kind of like Claude Julien. Uh, a couple of years back when he was in Montreal, too defensive-minded for me. Then they they had uh, some changes in the offseason. They decided to play a more up-tempo game, and he's still the coach, and it works really, really well. I mean, they're, they're a team. He's made the big changes. The team plays really quick now, and I think that's what you're going to see over the course of the next couple of years with the Oilers. Well, I've always thought the best coaches don't have a don't have a style. They recognize what they have and, and, yep. and play to the strengths. But I mean, every every coach in the NHL is talking about goals against and structure, right? Even the guys that have been there for years and and you know Dallas, the Islanders, the top defensive teams from last year, they're still stressing that. So hopefully, he can make an impact for uh, here in Edmonton. Kelly, it's going to be awesome to have you on the show again all year. Where are you starting off this week and this weekend? I'm leaving tomorrow with the Flames. They play in uh, Denver on Thursday. Then uh, I start the cycle all over again. Read every Friday back to Toronto. And uh, looking forward to another uh, busy but exciting NHL season. All right. Hey, man. I look forward to having you on all year. I look forward to hearing about the uh, restaurants you're visiting around Canada and the United States. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. You got it. Thanks, Reed. All right, that is Kelly Rudy checking in, former NHL goaltender, now with the NHL and Rogers. Of course, you get him on Hockey Night in Canada every Saturday. So he uh, likes Archibald. I, I, I kind of grouped Archibald, Shane, and Granlin together because I kind of see them as relatively relatively similar. I mean, you can pick apart some differences, but he's most optimistic about Archibald. And interesting, he said he liked what he saw from Gaetan Haas at, on uh, Saturday's game in Calgary. And Haas likely going to be in tomorrow. Here were the Oilers' lines at practice today. And again, we talk in practice. Nugent Hopkins was centering Dreisaitl and Cassian. McDavid was between Nygaard and Neal. Cave was with Kara and Archibald. Haas with Granlin and Chason. Yurcho and Patrick Russell were the extra forwards. Now, Yurcho needs some sort of a procedure tomorrow. He will not be available to play. He had been up in the top six uh, the last couple of days. And Dave Tippett said those were the lines for today. You could see McDavid and Dreisaitl playing together at some point, and, and I'm sure you will. But it would be interesting tomorrow, and I think all you Nugent Hopkins fans out there would uh, would like seeing Dreisaitl with Nugent Hopkins. Well, you know what? He'd have the he'd have the two, like, what two of the Oilers' three highest scoring wingers from last season, because Leon got 50, Cassian got 50, and Chason's on a different line. He got 22. So uh, that would be nice for Nugent Hopkins. Tell you what, we're gonna have some clips from Ken Holland as we move along. And uh, I invite you to share with me this evening. <laughs> you can text 630-630-780-496-0063. We're finally here. We're on the eve of the season. All these guys we've been speculating about all summer long, we're finally going to see him play. How you feeling? You want to uh, express any concerns, any hopes, any dreams? You got a prediction or a crazy prediction? You can let me know. And Chris in Phoenix is going to drop the puck on that when we got back. 
National League wild card game tonight. Milwaukee already up 2-0 on Washington in the bottom of the first. Kellen, you watch this show Letter Kenny? You seen this show? I've seen it from time to time. Well, we got one of the uh you're gonna hear from one of the actors on that show later on tonight. Dylan Playfair. Oh, he's he plays funny. plays Riley. I don't watch the show, but Dylan Playfair is Jim Playfair's son. Oilers assistant coach. So I sat down with him at practice this morning, had a fun little chat. We will get to that later on on Inside Sports. Jim says, I hope and dream that the Oilers have good goaltending and defense this year. Another texter simply says, hi. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I read, I predict a third round playoff appearance. Well, that'd be pretty good. Uh, and, oh, 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 what is this? Oh, I don't know who this is. Somebody has a lot of numbers. 52 points for Darnell, 47 goals for Leon, 142 points for McDavid. My goodness. And the Oilers win 48 games. Those are some gaudy numbers. Man, McDavid gets 142 points. They, uh, they, he'd probably be the league MVP. I'd go out on a limb and say that. Hi, Chris. You don't watch the uh, Letter Kenny? I do not. Oh, geez, you're missing out. It is funny. Well, I'll have to check it I out. Watch it down, I, I watch it down here in Phoenix uh, on, uh, on Hulu. Uh, it, it, it's a funny show. All right. Um, as far as uh, McDavid getting 146 points, uh, uh, that's that's a stretch. I could see him getting 200 points playing for uh, for Tampa Bay, but uh, 146 that might be a, that might be a stretch even for uh, you know Connor. I, I I think he can get up to 120 though this year. Um, but then again, you know what? We we can't put nothing past this kid. Like the kid, you know, he just he goes on a tear. Whatever he does, whatever he wants. So that's great. Uh, excited. It's like Christmas Eve. Um, I think a lot of teams, just like with Leon Dreisaitl, everybody across the league, every writer outside of Edmonton overlooks this kid. They've got him in the 20s, in the late teens, in the, mid, in the mid-teens in the NHL as far as top players. They're crazy. Leon, he at the very least, at the very least is a top 10 player. And, and more so, he's probably a top five player. Uh, and that's what uh, that's what the league is going to do this year with the Oilers. They're going to overlook us. Um, you know, we're going to we're going to surprise a lot of teams. I think we're going to make the playoffs this year. We're, pro- we're more than likely going to be a wild card team. Um, Dave Tippett's teams have always been competitive. Uh, even even the Arizona Phoenix Coyotes, they were they had no talent, no talent on those teams, and they played their butts off every night. They surprised people. They worked hard, and that's what the Oilers under Dave Tippett are going to do. And I'll leave, leave you with this. For all the naysayers and all the guys that are complaining about hauling this and hauling that, how long was Holland the GM in Detroit? 25 years? Uh, I think it was how many times? Yeah. 22 years? How many times did that team make the playoffs? 19 of those 22 years. With the back end that we have right now with all the young studs that we've got, and we've got this is the best crop of young defensemen in the AHL that we have. Holland is going to make this 
is going to right this ship. He's already traded Lucic, which everybody thought was impossible, and yet he made that happen. This is the first time in a very long time since the Glenn Sather days that I actually have faith in our management. Chris, good to hear He's from you. He's going to make this great show. Love the Oilers. And let's make the playoffs. That is Chris from Phoenix. We'll have Robert up next. You'll hear a little bit from Ken Holland. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. What's really cool is that if you subscribe to the Inside Sports podcast, it's delivered on a cassette to your house by Brian Hall. So there's another perk of subscribing to the podcast. You can text 630-630. And he says, hey, Reed, I'm starting to think Gaetan Haas is a real defensive beast. He skates like Dirk Graham. Whether he can muck it up like the old Chicago vet did is still a question. That is from Andy. Bam says, if the Oilers are not at or close to 500 after 10 or 15 games, I might call it a year. Well, Bam, as long as you still listen to the program and text me occasionally. And Murr the Stamps guy, who I have lost so many bets to, I believe I owe him Edmonton's entire River Valley. That's how in debt I am to Murr the Stamps guy. Says, I agree with Chris. Leon is the most underrated player in the NHL. Murr also a supporter of the... Calgary Flames. We'll get to Robert on hold in a second. Ken Holland, Oilers general manager, addressing the media, answering questions today, and he was talking about some of the guys he signed over the summer. We went out and signed this summer a lot of players that you know, they're 24 to 28 years of age. I'm going to call them pros. They've, they've, whether they've played pro in Europe or they've played pro in North America, they're pros. They're, 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 they're seasoned veterans, and we thought um, you know, I say we tipped the, the coaches, uh, Keith Gretzky, Scott House, and the people on the, on the management staff that we wanted to get uh, more pros on the bottom part of the roster. We wanted to bring some different dimensions, penalty killers, some speed. Um, we think we've done that, but, but the real test obviously starts uh, tomorrow night with Vancouver, and it's one game, and when the game is over, you'll assess, you know, it's an 82-game uh, marathon, and the win or lose, we'll assess Thursday morning, make some adjustments, and get at it on, on Saturday night. Holland also talked a little bit about Sam Gagne today, who did clear waivers and has been assigned to the Bakersfield Condors. Uh, he said it was really tough to to put Sam on waivers, but he figures he will play games with the Edmonton Oilers this season. Brandon Manning cleared waivers, and uh, he remains with the team. He was paired with Joel Pearson today at practice, but like I mentioned earlier, Pearson not quite ready to jump into games. Might be at least another week for him, according to head coach Dave Tippett. 780-496-0063. We have Robert on the line. Go ahead, Robert. Uh, hey, Reed. How you doing? Good. Well, well, I have a couple thoughts on the on the season. I think I think as far as the goaltending goes, I think, uh, I think you'll see uh, uh, Mike Smith get the uh, uh, I think he'll get the bulk of the start simply because uh, oh, uh, Kippett has a has a bit more trust in him. I guess you could say says because uh, Smith has played for him, and uh, but uh, and so like I'm I'm thinking the numbers would probably be more like along the lines of the 50-32 with uh, Smith probably starting closer to fifty games. Okay. Um. I do, and then. Uh, 
and then it's the wild wild one like as far as the as far as the forwards go i think uh, i think Haas and and uh, Nygaard, i think they'll i think they'll give this team a bit more speed but 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 as far as the oilers being a playoff team i think they're they're at best as that earlier caller said a wild card team i don't I don't see them competing for one of the uh, top three spots in the division. I, I agree with you. I, I think best case scenario for the Oilers is they make it as a wild card team. I, I didn't have them in the playoffs when I when I made my predictions yesterday. And and Robert, here's my here's my concern with some of the players on the roster. And I'll put Nygaard and Haas in this category, even though they're older and they have experience in other leagues and they appear to be intelligent. You know, Dave Tippett talked about them learning on the fly yesterday, and the NHL is a darn tough league to do that in. So that that concerns me, and I'm sure they're going to have some good nights. And Nygaard can can skate, and usually if you're fast, that that doesn't leave your game, right? I mean, you can you can always skate, you can always skate fast, but I, I just worry about their consistency. Uh, you know, the grind night after night. That's that would be my concern for those two guys. Yeah, but now, but no, but no, but no, but now, as far as Gagne and Banning are concerned, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't see, uh, I don't see Manning playing unless, unless it's, it's absolutely necessary. And well, if that happens, well, then I think the, I think the Oilers are going to be, are going to be in real trouble. But, and, uh, and then as far as Gagne goes, I think, I think Gagne will come up here, but I think it, I think it'll just, uh, I guess it'll depend on if there's uh, 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 if there's injuries. I mean, I don't I don't see I don't see Gagne just being uh, just being called up to sit, sit in the press box. Right, Robert. It's always good to hear from you, man. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Thanks. That is Robert at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oh, wow, we're getting some uh, some bold and detailed predictions. Michael says 101 points going 46, 27, and 9. That's on the text line. Uh, this person says the Oilers' defense is intact. Lucic is no longer on the power play. Neal will score 25-plus with more balanced... Uh, more balanced lines, 5 by 5 That'll mean more points for McDavid. His 5 by 5 numbers are always good. Last year was an outlier. With the addition of Nygaard and Yurcho, you get speed. The opposition should expect McDavid to come out of the gate full throttle. With a new coach, I see Gretzky, or I see uh, McDavid motivated. McDavid is now the top dog, and Kucherov is going to be sent a message early this season. This is 97's year. That's text to 630-630. All right, I, I, this is a good text here. I want to read this one. This person says, hey, I just got to say that the Oilers will definitely have a better year this year. Lots has changed. The culture Holland is fostering will have an impact. Only positive changes has been made. The only way to go, for, the only way to go from here is up. I predict a couple of positive trades at some point this season will help push the Oilers into a wild card spot you know that that uh person who wrote in mentioned an interesting word and it's one i sometimes complain about and that is the word culture because it's one of those things that can be hard to put your finger on and i think when we discuss sports it becomes a bit of a crutch term that we start using and we don't even think about what it means anymore i I mean i've been doing this this is gonna be my seventh year and the oilers have been well bad most of the time obviously so here, well, they have a losing culture. They have a losing culture, and I always say, well, what is well, what is that? What what is what is a losing culture? And people say, well, they lose a lot. 
And I'm like, yes, they're they're losing a lot, but what makes up a losing culture? Like things like not every team that has an off year or gets eliminated early in the playoffs, you know, has has a losing culture. What like I always say, what are some of the, the things that make that up? You know, and I think, you know, for the Oilers, it's been a lot of changes. It's been not enough accountability. It's been hiring people with not enough experience. It's been putting players in situations where they're being asked to do more than they've ever done before. To me, those are the things that have made up the culture and that has that has led to losing. Um, but Ken Holland made a bit of a comment about culture today. Somebody asked me yesterday about culture, and it's 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 culture isn't a, something that I, I pack in the suitcase and I and I and I and I put in the trunk of the car and I drive it from Detroit with me or fly on the plane. I fly to Edmonton. You got to build it. You got to build it. So what you're talking about is we got to build it. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta build a team. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta believe in one another. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta build a team that can uh, has got some depth, got some different dimensions. So a little bit on it there, and and he's right. You have to build a culture, and if in your workplace, in your family, you might have a culture. How do you act when something goes wrong? How do you treat people when they're having a bad day? How do you treat people from the outside relating with your business? I, I think that's all part of the culture and I think you know I think one thing Holland is trying to do if you want to talk about culture wise is if you are a young player you are sheltered somewhat and that's what he has often said that he's not going to bring players in before they're ready and and I know everybody say well you know Dylan Larkin made it Dylan Larkin was the exception in Detroit and yes Detroit had a much better um team a much better system built up through the years but that that all had to start somewhere you have to start the the gears going somewhere so i think that's what ken holland wants to be part of the culture that if you're a younger player you're going to go to the minors you're going to be supported you're not going to be put in a situation to fail you're going to be put in a situation where you can learn you can be taught your mistakes can be corrected so then when you get on the big stage in the big league you know how to behave, and you're, then you're still supported by the veterans who went through what you did. That's how I look at that. Larry says, Reed, a losing culture is one where deep down inside they know they can't win, in my opinion. Well, that, that could be part of it, sure. Uh, Wayne says, a losing culture is one where there is no continuity in the team, and like the old saying goes, a team can't snatch defeat out of the hands of victory. Well, I, yeah, both I, I, both you guys kind of make the same point. I think there's something to that, though. Um, do you have that mentality where, you know, and, I, and again, I think it all stems down to what, what have you built? What's the, what's the foundation of the team, right? Do you have, do you have a, a skill set? Have you had the support of your coaches and your teammates and the scouts and everybody throughout your career that when you're in a tough situation, you have things to fall back on? Can you say, okay, this is this is not good, but I went through this in the AHL. I didn't just go through this in the AHL. I went through this multiple times. And I'm surrounded by teammates who went through that in the AHL like me and now have gone through it in the NHL. So we're down, we're down two goals after the second period in a big game. What are we leaning on? Are we panicking? Are we leaning on each other? Are we trusting our coach's direction? Do we have a couple guys in the dressing room who can stand up and say, hey, this happened two years ago, guys, and we all took a deep breath, and this is what we did, and we go in the third. Now, you may not win that game, right? You, you may not be able to come back because the other team's trying just as hard as you are, 
but you have that belief, and Rob Brown uses that word a ton. You have you have that belief that winning is possible. And yeah, do I think the Oilers have been an overly confident uh, team the last 13 years? Well, no, generally I don't. But having said that, they also haven't had a very good roster most of the time, where even if they were really confident, they probably still aren't winning a lot. But those are good points from those guys for sure. All right, Ken Holland. A little bit more from him on the uh, goal of competing for a playoff spot this year. What I've said from day one is that that our goal is to compete for a playoff spot. Um, we've got we've got a nucleus of players. We need to surround them better. Uh, on the short term, on the one-year look, on the 19-20 look, our goal is to put some veteran players on the bottom part of the roster and compete for a playoff spot. On the longer look, while that's going on, we need to develop players at the American League level or with players that we own, whether it's you know Lavoie that's in Halifax or Broberg that's over in Sweden, those people on the longer term look need to be part of the solution. So I'm not talking rebuild. I'm, not talk- I'm talking about we got to compete for a playoff spot. Um, and did we did we did we make the right moves? Certainly, the uh, the answers in the 82 game season. When I hear someone say to me, "Reed, what's Ken Holland's plan? What's he going to do?" To me, that's it right there. That that's the summary. He's not going to lay it out specifically. I mean, he was asked today, "Has anybody asked you about Yessi Puliyarvi?" He said yes. He's not going to tell you the exact teams or the offers. He's just like, "Yeah, a couple teams, but most teams are getting ready for the season." So he's not going to tell you every move he's planning on making or every player he would like to sign or trade for or draft, but that was his plan right there. He looked at the roster this year and said our depth sucks. I don't know if he used that type of line, but let's be honest. I mean, look at how the team ended last year. You had Josh Curry, Joe Gambardella playing the last quarter of the season. I mean, they... They were trying as hard as they could, but they're AHL players. I mean, even even Sam Gagne, he was an AHL player before the Oilers got him. And as, as much as, you know, Sam has a pretty well-rounded game, but now the Oilers looked at him and said, right now we still think you're an AHL player. So I think what Holland is saying there is that he would love the depth players on the Oilers to be cheap players that they drafted themselves and have brought along. But the Oilers do not have that. So he said, what am I going to fill these holes with? Young players or players who are are a little older? And he mentioned that age range, 24 to 28, because he thinks at least then you know how to be a pro. Now, we'll see if these guys fill in their roles. We'll see if Nygaard and Haas can translate what they did in Europe to playing in the National Hockey League. But that, that is Ken Holland's plan. I mean, if somebody, if you're discussing with your buddies Ken Holland's plan... That's it right there for this year. Plug in cheap guys in the bottom six. Tell them, this is why we signed you. You're a penalty killer and a face-off guy. Do that. Commit to it. Block shots. Tie the game when Connor's not on the ice. That's what we want you to do. And then he, they need to develop these, these other guys. Uh, Schulte from the Fort says, uh, are the Oilers ever going to get a number one D-man? I think they should suck it up, trade one or two of our good players and get a number one defenseman. Do we have a number one in the making? Well, the best the best uh, defensive prospect the Oilers have is Evan Bouchard. He, I think, could be a very, very good offensive defenseman in the NHL. Is he going to be a true number one in terms of having that defensive aspect to his game or where he can go out and crush you like Drew Doughty? No. I don't know if the Oilers are trading for a number one defenseman. 
because you know who they'd have to part with to do that. And I don't know if that's a price many of you are willing to pay. We'll take a quick timeout at 649 Inside Sports on Chet. So tomorrow, Oilers and Canucks, the face-off show at 6. We'll be live in Studio 99. The game will start at 8. You can listen, of course, right here on 630 Chet. Or don't forget about the Radio Player Canada app. You can join us on Facebook Live during the face-off show. Ooh, that's like a little uh, TV broadcast on Facebook, Kellen. That's exciting. Better get your makeup ready. Now, we're going to have our street team in Fort Hall before the game. And you'll have a chance to win a pair of tickets to this Saturday's game against the Los Angeles Kings. Todd McClellan back in town for the first time since being fired by the Oilers. So that is the, uh, we're, we're going to have, what do we call that? I think we call it an activation. We're going to have a 630 Ched activation. A presence. <laughs> well, we're, that makes it sound creepy. We're going to have a presence in Fort Hall. Uh, Yakushev says, uh, hey, Reed, culture belongs in yogurt. Let's get serious and work on an identity. Mike says, I get the culture thing. When you fail to build a positive culture, going through the motions becomes your culture. I think big positives coming this year. I've been hoping the Oilers convert me to a full-on Oilers fan. I'm an Ottawa-born guy. Uh but I've been in, living in Edmonton since 2010. That is Mike texting into 6.30, 6.30. So Fort Hall, tomorrow night, look for Ched logos and people, and you can enter to win a pair of tickets to this Saturday's game against the Los Angeles Kings. That's pretty cool. Evander Kane suspended three games for abuse of an official. That was in a preseason game over the weekend. Uh, we will have uh, former NHL linesman Mike Civic on the show later for his view on this uh, situation. Mike's been a great guest over the last couple of years, and I'm sure he'll have a, a good and, and fair perspective on that. I've, I, I have no doubt about that. We'll have Dylan Playfair. He plays Riley on Letterkenny. He's going to be on the show as well. That's pretty cool. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down south comfort food to Edmonton with their creative take on southern classics spun with a modern twist. Get them online, northchickenyeg.com. Goaltending, that's my biggest question mark for the Oilers, despite everything else we've been talking about it. You have good goaltending. You you always have a chance. Here's GM Ken Holland on the two keepers. Well, I think they're NHL goaltenders, so uh, you know I think that um, we look at them as being uh, you know, 1A, 1B, what do I mean? You know, both 40-game goalies. One now, I don't think they're both going to play 40. One's going to play 50, one's going to play 30, one's going to play 45, one's going to play 35. They're going to sort it out by uh, by how they play. Certainly, if you're going to be a playoff team, um, goaltending has to be uh, a positive factor in that to happen. Uh, I wasn't here last year. I think that uh, there was a stretch, if I'm not mistaken, when Koskinen played... Uh, 26 or 32. Yeah, yeah but, down the, but I think early in the year, too, didn't he win a bunch of games, but he played it. Safe percentage was good. He, he, you know, so we're hoping uh, that, that, that the pressures... we got two guys. We can go to uh, different guys. Uh, Mike Smith, obviously, has had a great career. Um, 
you know, he's, he's an older guy, but he's, uh, he's motivated, he's hungry, he's in great shape. He's uh, he come to camp in great shape. He's, he's been, a, you know, I think, a guy that uh, uh, prides himself in being in tremendous shape throughout his career. Um, those type of players can defy father time a little bit longer than the players that, 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 that uh, aren't as committed in the gym and uh, making decisions on what they eat. He's a competitive guy. Um, you know, obviously Mike Smith has a, a real ability to handle the puck. I think that'll help our uh, our defense out when he's in the in the lineup. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, there's an internal competition between those two guys that that are they're going to push one another, and the team's going to be the benefactor. The Oilers have not named a starting goalie for tomorrow. I believe it'll be Mike Smith. 3-0 Milwaukee leading Washington third inning National League wildcard game. Eskimos stayed out east this week. They play in Hamilton on Friday. We'll have a uh, bit of a different perspective on quarterback Logan Kilgore in the next half hour. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.